Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text us on 81215. You know those digits? Or you can follow us on Twitter at Frank on the Radio. Or you can email us through the Absolute Radio website. If you don't know it, Acosia it. <laughs> That's our favourite search engine yeah. on Good this plan. show. Try it. Try Acacia. You could save the rainforest. I th- apparently that's good. All right, Sting, calm down. Here. <laughs> yeah, we, then you can play table tennis with those blokes with the bottom li- big bottom lip. <laughs> the only people who can play table tennis are their hands in the pockets. Have you used Acacia this week? Since we, I, I never use anything else. No. Oh, good. I haven't found anything, but no, <laughs> no, it's it's it seems to work perfectly well. Mm-hmm. And it's saving the rainforest. Whereas Google isn't even paying for lampposts in regional areas of Britain, <laughs> apparently. Okay. So, um, you know, this show is like. I think we're quite a bit of a rival for um, Commode and. Um, oh, yeah. Who's the other one he's with? <sighs> Oh, some. Mm. Who's the one Simon. with the funny hair? Is that Simon Mark Mayo? Mayo, yeah, oh, yeah. Mayo and Commode. Thank you. It's a terrible combination, Mayo and Commode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in the, I go to see films about six weeks after they've come out and yeah. review them on this show. Right. I think yeah. that's good because there's a lot of people thinking, you know, ahead of for DVD presence. Right. And they're glad of getting their heads up. On yeah. That. Anyway, I went to see Star Trek into. Um, into Darkness this oh. week. Oh, I'm glad it was the recent one. I thought you meant the 1964 <laughs> no. one. I know you're late off the mark. And but uh, I'll tell you what I was thinking about. Um, That's Benedict. Oh, I love him. Benedict, yeah. Cucumber. Ben- Benedict. <gasps> I love it. Yeah. What did they call him last week? Somebody called him something like... Uh, oh, Julian. Sebastian Cumberbatch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, I won't go into the film, but I did start... I loved it, but there was there are many cl- clichés mm. in it. It's, oh, it's full it? of clichés. In a way uh, you like. In a no, way I just liked. say other pronunciations uh, are available. Yeah. <laughs> but the one that really struck me was, you know when, you, when you're chasing, a, say, a villain of some kind, mm-hmm. or being chased, but usually chasing a villain, and he jumps onto an, an adjoining platform, or mm. he, maybe he might jump onto a passing helicopter. Yeah. <clears throat> When you jump, do you find that you only just about make it and you end up <laughs> hanging on and he gets a chance then to stamp on your hand? Yeah, nearly always that's how yeah, it happens. Yeah, that right? happened. Oh, good. Oh, did it? And I always fancy my chances that if I was on a platform and there was someone hanging on by their hands, I reckon I'd have them off in a trice. Yeah, you'd give it but a But I have such a struggle with it. <laughs> oh, a lot it's of the like trying to get a... training, don't they? I nearly said bogey then, aren't I? Can I say bogey? I think... Yeah. I think so, so you get fine, a, yeah. like a bogey off a side, you know, when it goes People into the little finger. People just think it's a golf report. Yeah, when it goes to the second knuckle of the little finger and it just won't... Uh. It's, it's a removal. <laughs> we said you could say bogey. We didn't say you could say that. Sick. Sorry, everyone. It's disgusting. Sorry, everyone. Uh, and also, oh. um, the, the guy got um, Captain Kirk got. I, I, this is not a spoiler alert because this is quite early on in the film. Yeah. He, get, he gets ta- he get he loses uh, his ship. He yeah. doesn't lose it. I'm oh. Glad you said that. They, they take it. I thought you would yeah. have had to say he'd gone mad and it was a terrible hit. No, no. And they uh, and he does that thing where you have a shot of him standing at one end of the bar, 
and um, getting drunk, you know, on his own. Oh, yeah, I know that shot. You know that, like, drowning his sorrows, things have gone bad. And he's doing that. And there's an empty stool next to him. And you're thinking, is a beautiful woman going to say that? And sure enough, a beautiful woman. Oh, don't tell me what you said. Is this seed taken? The thing is, I used, I often used to go, not to drown my (laughs) sorrows, just because I liked it. I would sit at one end of the bar on my own and get very, very drunk indeed. <laughs> Nobody came within 20 feet of me. You had I mean, even You were in the central reservation. You no, don't have seats but, there. But in the pub, people would go and get served. There would be a queue at the other end of the bar, and my end of the bar would be empty. No beautiful women ever sat on the stool next to me. If they had done, I'd have pushed them straight off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a factor, I suppose. Is that, is oh, that I don't know what, I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't, I don't it really sounds like it. you're serving divorce papers on me and I don't <laughs> like it. Was that that Latin sitcom about I the... I think it uh, should have been. About the uh, rag and bone men. Yeah. What, <laughs> what I meant was, if you would have pushed them off, maybe that's why nobody was sat next to you. Oh, well, people are you so, know. you know, hoity-toity. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to be, you know. I'm more surprised that there's a bar that they're drinking in in a Star Trek film. Is that... Well, there's some Earth time takes place. Oh, is oh, there? Oh, yeah, it's not all out of space. Oh, I didn't oh, know that. I don't right. think I was aware of that. I thought they were just on galaxies, you know, flying. I, I'd like to know what... Because, see, I find these cliche, clichés very reassuring in a film. Oh, I, like I can't it. bear it, Frank. Hitman at a fair? Why is the hitman <laughs> oh. always carousels and fairs? I've never seen a hitman at a fair, and I've been well, to a good know. few fairs. You don't know that. <laughs> You might have seen many a hitman and not recognised them. I mean, they don't wear hitman T-shirts. But, oh, no, if I see one more person pulling a gun with the carousel music, I'll <laughs> no, kill myself. That's your right. Anyway, uh, uh, anyone's favourite uh, film, clichés, text <laughs> us in on 8 12, 15. There might be some goodies. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. You were right. We have, in fact, received a text message from the outside world about um, movie cliches. I don't know if you can say I'm right. I asked if they'd do it. I never predicted that they would. Well, Owono has texted, Hi, Frankie yeah, boy. Oh, no. Owono. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hi, Frankie boy, exclamation mark. Uh, typical movie, movie moment, car crashes, instant explosion. If that were real, the M25 would be much more fun. It's true, though. They go up pretty quick, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, think they go people... up high as well. Mm-hmm. What, what about when they fall down um, when they fall down the side of a cliff? They hmm. tend to they go into a, a big roll oh, and then yeah. they explode at the bottom. Oh, cars! Yeah. I thought you meant individuals, like people. I and individuals do as well sometimes. They do do. Yeah, that's um, spontaneous human combustion, mm. which I think I said I'd say I spent forty-one percent of all my conversations at secondary school were about spontaneous human combustion. <laughs> there was a book called Fire from Heaven, <laughs> and everybody read it, and it was about people bursting into flames for no apparent reason. Oh, really? Hang on, I'm put, just going to write that down. I like the sound It puts you on edge. Uh, Glenn Fire Bateman has tweeted us, the hero can be involved in a brutal fight without yelping once, but winces like a child when a lady cleans his wounds. That good is point. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> that is true. And I don't know about you, but I never sort of put my arm, put my arms around a friend and get get my mouth close to their ears when I'm talking to them. And then my girlfriend walks in and it looks like there's something going on between us and she walks off. And you uh. then say, I can explain everything. Yeah, <laughs> I, never, I never do that. I, I keep my mouth away from the ears of people I'm not going out with. 
It's a good rule. Otherwise, good I, know, rule. I know, I know, Mr. Tong. He'll, uh, <laughs> he's off. I hope that he's out of control. Uh, I, always, I don't good. like it in a, whenever there's a, a cop shop, as I call it. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar with the American ways. When they walk in, the first person they see, there's always a lady of the night and a cross-dresser. Yes. I've noticed that. Don't they have anyone mm. else in these police stations? You're quite right. That, that, where's, yeah. where's, where's your basic you want identity fraudster? It's because they, if there's any visually interesting characters, they say, can you go on the front desk? <laughs> <laughs> and if there's people that come in and say, I've lost me dog, they say there's a, there's a, there's a back room. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. That's, that's dressing. I think mm. they do that in English. Uh, oh, do they? Yeah. They I like have very... Um, Ugly people, I find. Them. <laughs> if you have, I don't know, last time I was in a British police station, they have a sort of a sort of elephant man exhibition going on on the front <laughs> thing. I mean, I think the and if an uglier person come in, they'll say to that one, "You can come to the back room now. This, you've been superseded." Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of um, the human body, mm. are we done on cliches for a minute? No, I'd, no, I'd like I to return sure. to them later. Oh yeah, we can return to them all day. Okay. By the way, we've got a guest today. The first guest no we've way. had on the show for two, two years, Daisy. <laughs> More. More than two years. Daisy, Daisy just uh, says that. Mm. No, it's, uh, there's not been guests since I've been you on. got the date of the last one? No, I thought not. It's all talk. <laughs> um, yes, Neil Gaiman is joining us today. He's a friend of mine. And then Frank, um, kind of friends, <laughs> stole him off me. Oh, I, did. oh, I didn't really right, friends. Yeah. I just, you tried. Uh, I worshipped at his altar, is what I mm. did. Um, and but now he's coming in, I could steal him off you two. Yeah? I could, could be it, a, yeah. It, it works like that. But anyway, he'll be coming in. And uh, sometimes they say to people, if you've got any questions for Neil Gaiman, mm. text oh, to yeah. me. I don't know if we should do that. <laughs> um, could do that. So Frank, I can I just uh, say, sorry, Frank, 723 says horror movies, women fall over when being chased. And cars won't start even when they're brand new. <laughs> no, and I tell you something, that thing about the car not starting is, is I have dreams about that, about being chased and I can't start the car. Oh, yeah. And I can always start the car. Well, everyone can these days, except for Ed Byrne, but that's another story. Yeah, <laughs> that's going back a bit. And Stephen K. Amos, I think, couldn't. And then we go, see, we're reminiscing about guests <laughs> of the past. <laughs> OK, so, um, oh, yes, and uh, I was confronted in quite a big way this mm. week with um, the human body. Um, More of this in a moment. This is Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. By the way, we've established this morning that if someone says to you, it's like that episode of um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, you can punch them in the face before (laughs) they complete the sentence. Morally. Morally, that's acceptable. Or Seinfeld. Really? Yeah. That reminds me of that episode of... um... (laughs) Can you get him from that? I can't reach out the desk. Good, I don't know what that was going to be. I don't know what that was going to be. It could have been... Um... Deadwood. Yeah, that would have been... Yeah. Right. Deadwood. Deadwood. Of well, I'm, I'm trying to think of those series that I see on the telly, on the on the uh, Sky list. Uh, on the goggle box, you oh, like yeah. to say, like our key. No, but you know things <laughs> you've never you've never actually watched that you see on Sky listings? Oh, I've got loads of those. There's one, A Town Called Something. Oh, Eureka, yeah. is it? A yeah. town oh, called Eureka. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen that, but I like the sound of it. Uh-huh. I just worry, you know, if I if I see it, it'd be like speaking to Kate Moss. You you'd think? probably yeah, you'd probably think, Oh, I saw her as a sort of distant angelic figure and uh mm-hmm. Okay. I was um so I was crossing Waterloo Bridge, crosses the Thames. Yeah. In, um, oh, in Central. I'm aware of its work. Central London. <laughs> Not all our listeners are in London, can we? 
Can we remember that? Oh, mm-hmm. Sorry about and, that. Um, and <laughs> uh, I, I was with sorry my... Sorry for your loss. I was with my... Uh, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> that was what I heard Lisa, Liza Minnelli say at the beginning of a gig. And we, t- we took ages thinking, what's she talking about? I'm so sorry for your loss. It's so sad. And it turned out she was on about the Queen Mother who died two months earlier. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I, I met her once. She was so beautiful. Oh. When, when did you meet her? In 1904. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I love Liza Manelli. Can I say that? Yes, I'm not ashamed. Oh, I'm team guest. I've met him. Anyway, that's oh, another yes. story. I went to their first anniversary party. You wow. did. Yeah. I did. Work them all. You, know, you always that. have to Donald me, don't you? <clears throat> as, uh, as, as Emily would say, that's another story. So, um, I, I was crossing... Um, Waterloo, Waterloo Bridge. I was with my girlfriend, Kath, and, and our baby, uh, Bars. Not and, really. um, Domestic scene. We had to stop because there was about a hundred, I would say, naked people on bicycles cycling over the bridge. Oh. I don't know if you were aware. It was a sort of a... What was it? Was it a protest of some kind? Well, I saw these naked people. I've never been so disgusted in my life. Oh. I was en route to get oh, a blow I've dry. Oh, i much more disgusted than that. <laughs> I was. That's terrible. They stopped that. They actually stopped that. That should be like an ambulance. I was going to get a blow dry in London's Littering Covent Garden. You should be able to go into the opposite lane, like um, <laughs> like emergency vehicles. Like the Olympic lane for blow dries. Exactly. And I've never... I mean, I'm sorry, Frank. You know what it did make me think? Because there was a lot of them, weren't there? Yeah. The, the female body looks better, doesn't it? I know it's a cliché, but... But the older it gets. No, in comparison to the male body naked. Oh, right. I see what well, you mean. my girlfriend said looked to like me... A lo- it looked like an old uncle all... chicken, those men. Oh. <laughs> they'd all, they'd all gone past. I was with my girlfriend, so I tried to look, you know, unimpressed. Right. And um, she said to me, there's a, she said there's a lot of variety in the men, isn't there? <laughs> I thought, how dare, how dare you ever say that? We left it there. Really, that was all. Did yeah, she say I, variety? Yeah, she said variety. variety. Oh, I love but, her. Um, one woman had underwear on. I remember thinking, whoa. <laughs> to me, it seemed more exciting than the... Oh, really? I saw those Enticing. men, and I, I'm not going to get into it. I just will say, I realise I've been very fortunate in my intimate life. Well... <laughs> let's leave it there. OK, let's leave it there. OK. <laughs> I, I realised I'd sort of broken even. <laughs> <laughs> but um, i tell you what worried me, which to me didn't seem very responsible citizen. Oh, God. Is that a lot of them were on Boris bikes. Oh, oh no. Oh, my God. Yeah, I feel sick. If you don't know, if you're outside London, Boris bikes are bikes that you hire for the, you know, for by the hour or for the oh. day or whatever. And I, I'm, a wor- I, I'm worried now. It's yeah. put me off going on a Boris bike. What no, if you've had one you've of those? Pack of baby wipes with you, and you can give it a swab oh, on the saddle. Well, no, I'd want at least I'd want a kettle of boiling water with me. <laughs> some oh, some, some, some of those guys. <laughs> That's what you want: Dettol and a J cloth, minimum. Some of them look like they were well, just it, back from Nam. Well, yeah. anyone. It was just. I just thought that was that was just wrong. Surely. Oh, dear. I mean, no. That's what I mean. But having said that, I, I had no problem with the actual bike ride, and the, mainly because there was a man next to me with his family and he went weirdos <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that is the difference isn't it I don't want to be with this bloke yeah. Yeah. Good weirdos yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be with the variety conversation Frank Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio Absolute Radio Frank 
I want to know if they were naked, where did they keep their money for the Boris bikes? Very good point. It is saddlebags. They're not only filthy creeps, they're criminals. In, inbuilt saddlebags. No, I'll tell you what I did see. I saw a few of those arm, you know those arm things that runners wear sometimes? Oh, yeah. But were they around their arm? Oh. Little purse. Oh. <laughs> um, oh. Our Keith has texted in. Ah, Keith, in case you're new to the show, it's my brother. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, hi, bro and crew. Cars going over cliffs, always a white jag in my days. He's right. It wasn't He's always a white jag. He's talking about film cliches, of course. Yeah, because that, I suppose that's because it shows up against the um, Oh, yeah. The cliffside. darkness of the cliff, yeah. yeah. And there's something great about the, uh, you know, the um, the bonnet uh, thing. With yes, the, I know with, the bonnet. With, oh, with yeah. the jaguar, the silver jaguar. Something great about that hidden rock. I often, uh, I often get envy of um, film computer hackers because of how fast they can type <laughs> you know when they're like oh but you know what? Like i guess what they always the, say out they always the, go we're in yeah they're in that's <laughs> we're it. in that's okay, all they ever say that's it we're in the cia website <laughs> or whatever it is yeah I've i think you'll find it. they're in the mainframe they're probably in the mainframe which i've never been in no no i've never been there it's not a bad poll <laughs> <laughs> i i went out with a woman who could do 100 words a minute wow it's not boasting Talking. <laughs> No, no, she could type 100 words a minute. It was brilliant to watch. It was like close-up magic. But she was, and you wow. thought, that's just going to be gibberish. And then it'd be like proper words, spaces, punctuation. <laughs> the works. Yeah. 273 cliches. The ventilation system in a building is a perfect hiding place. Yeah. <laughs> no one more thing to look there. And they always lead to the room you're trying to get to as well. Yeah. That is true. Who does it ever... Have you ever tried getting a grid <laughs> off the front of a... It's a big job. Reaching above you, and there's a grid that opens naturally. Yeah, like... The, you like... just push it. Just give it a little push, and then it's off in a clean sweep. Yeah. Movie cliches. The last second change of heart when cutting the red wire or the blue wire. Oh. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I must admit, I, I'd probably do that as well. No, I don't think I would. See, I, I don't take this the wrong way, but I don't ever think you'd be in that position. <coughs> well, no, know, I would we be could delegating all, we could that all, task. We could all end up... We could all find an exploded bomb in our back garden. Well, I could, <laughs> I could if I had a back garden. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, but I... You, see, you know, I, there was a period of my life when I tried following um, the samurai code. I do remember... I didn't you remind me what the... What the well, there is a book. Is. Well, I, I went and saw a film called Ghost Dog: Way of the Samurai, which was like we all? just like the, one of the best films I'd ever seen in my life. So I thought, and he lived by this book, which samurai warriors used. Obviously, I, 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 the bit about chopping heads off and that I didn't <laughs> do. But there's lots of other really helpful stuff, like you make every decision in the space of seven breaths, oh. for example. Uh, and one of the things is they say that the sparrow hawk. When he goes into a, a cloud of sparrows, he picks one sparrow and he sticks with it. He's going to have that sparrow. Even if another one came and sat on his shoulder. That's this week's text in. Do sparrowhawks have shoulders? <laughs> <laughs> um, if they do, I'd love to see their um, Amdram versions of Treasure Island. <laughs> what do they have? A sparrow on there? That'd be real tempting. What sparrow would take that job? Anyway... They pick their sparrow, and no matter what happens, if another one comes close, if there's one injured, they go. They always go for that sparrow. And the idea is that samurais say that they, they talk about doing it in a fight, but also just in life. Mm -hmm. That thing that you want, stick with it and don't get distracted. So if you're out on the pool tonight, remember that. <laughs> <laughs> this 
Jones, Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. So this is, um, if you saw the, the birthday honours today, you'll see that um, both Rowan Atkinson and Tony Robinson have got honours. I reckon the Queen's got drunk, put the telly on. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time since in Blackadder, and thought, oh, I love this. Um, Steve, have you got the honours? Steve! Can you bring the honours list and a biro? <laughs> and she's just tacked them on the end. I mean, why else would they out of the blue, these... Rowan Atkinson, fair enough, but tell Yeah, but why now? Robbo, why, why now? Yeah. Why ever with Robbo? Could have easily been Ron Atkinson if she'd been a bit drunker. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love him well, turning up been... to the palace in his full-length leather. <laughs> that would have front-page news, wouldn't it? Uh, it's usually front-page news, the honours. Yeah. So, um, yes, so I, I was telling you I'd seen the naked um, bike ride thing, which was, you know, quite a, it's quite a shocker. Indeed. I'd describe it as an eye-opener. Indeed. Um, Someone said, yeah. what about the bloke who got off his bike and stood outside a pub with a beer? <laughs> I think they'd set the bike too high. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, got outside the pub. I, uh, I only just got the eye open, the joke. There we go. Uh, uh, with regards to the naked bright ride, what about the bloke who got off his bike and stood outside a pub with a beer? Surely that's pushing but what it. what was it about, the naked bike ride? I what was the Can you text freedom. in if you know freedom? Freedom. <laughs> Freedom to, it's about freedom. to talk. Oh, George Michael, calm down, it's dear. About freedom in its many forms. George Michael didn't go on it. He's, uh, he can't be trusted even on two wheels. No. Imagine if you'd have seen George Michael on the bike. <laughs> yeah. That would have been. Uh, or just in a car, ploughing through them. <laughs> Excuse me! Excuse me! <laughs> oh, there's oh, George. You've killed eight people. <laughs> Mr. Lou Paul saying it's going to be tricky this time, George. It'll be a it's going to be a fine. It's going to be a big fine. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so I saw this on the Sunday. On the Monday, I'm back on Waterloo Bridge. I'm crossing Waterloo Hoping Bridge. Hoping for, like, an encore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, waiting. Like, like Grey Friars Bobby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, with a faraway look in my eye. Where are they? So is that so... Oh, no, it's a pink sweatsuit. Oh. So, um... <laughs> There's a load of people standing on the one side of the bridge looking over the edge. Oh. And I right. thought, oh, what's... Oh, oh. There's a river below it. Oh. Yeah, I'm aware of so, the, um, <laughs> the fact the bridge is over the Thames. So. Yeah, but, you know, well, not, bridges. Not, not all our listeners are from London. <laughs> OK. So um, I went um, I went to cross to see what was going on. And then before I'd even got across, something... Um, well, something quite shocking happened. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So, um, as I crossed the road towards this, lots of people were pointing at the water, and it all. And they looked. Mm. They didn't look like it was fun. They looked distressed because I thought it could couldn't still be the Michael Jackson his story <laughs> statue going up the Thames. Not not now. No. Um, anyway. Just as I crossed the road, there's a woman standing there and the wind took her dress high, high. Oh. Till not only did I see her, but I saw the waistband of her pants. And, no. and the, the beginning... You saw waistband? Waistband and the beginning of her spinal cord. I mean, completely high. I was, I was crossing the road and she was standing looking over oh, the bridge. The God. whole thing. Now, I... In my life, I have only seen that happen three times, and I've been alive a long time, and I live in a quite windy country. 
Right. I was with you on one of these occasions. Were you, really? Well, you tell me who the who the dramatis person I were, and I'll tell you on which occasion I was with you. Oh, well, the only ones I remember... It was in Edinburgh was, when I in saw Ed- it. That was only... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, one in Edinburgh and uh, another one on Waterloo Bridge. I just walk up and down there ever since, <laughs> again. <laughs> so, um, it made me think, well, if this man perishes, his life has not been wasted in vain. Um, mm. Because at least I've seen this. Mm. Nice. This is the man who jumped off. As, as it was, I saw him beat. He was in a ship. He, look, he didn't actually look... He looked all right. Well, he jumped oh. off the bridge. He jumped off the bridge. The police had um, gone and got him, and he was sort of having a chat. All right. Did they have the sort of like you finished the marathon crinkly blanket round his shoulders? You know that sort of silver foil blanket. They popped up. There was a blanket, oh, right. but it, it was more. Um, is there any news about the Titanic? We go sure. But um, I, I knew all I remember is the pants from that <laughs> incident. Even oh though a man, God. even though a man nearly lost his life. Yeah. Yeah. All I'll remember is the pants. That's got to be a footballer's autobiography. Yeah. <laughs> I think that could be um, Mike Baldwin's autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, I have more to say about this because it's compl- there might be women at home thinking, oh, you filthy creep, but it's, it's, it's more complicated. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. This is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I'm this morning with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text us on 8.12.15, 8.12.15, or follow us on the Twitter at Frank on the Radio, or email us through the Absolute Radio website. Mm. We are available for communication. <laughs> we are. In the interest of uh, you know professional conduct at the top of the hour, we should uh, just remind them what... What plates we have spinning? We've been discussing uh, movie oh, cliches. I love this. Yeah, <laughs> um, our favourite movie cliches. Well, What's his... your favourite one so far? Well, Stuart Kidd has just come up with one. Oh yeah. He says the cleverly placed boxes, barrels, or parked car that poorly hides the ramp that helps the car crash look good. Oh, oh is that yeah. what? Is that why oh. they have those boxes of fruit and stuff yeah. that they go into? Yeah. And there's always Chinese people running when... out the way. <laughs> <laughs> you can be chasing someone in Reykjavik, and you'll almost <laughs> certainly crash into the market stall of some Chinese people. <laughs> and there'll be cabbages akimbo. Oh, cabbages <laughs> everywhere. Cabbages yeah. akimbo, actually. He's. Um, it's the new stage show <laughs> I'm doing. It's a modern dance thing. Come, come along. I tell you, you know what I also hate, Frank? You know when they're here to show that the heroine or something is a bit sad and lonely? You have no new messages. Oh, oh. I can't bear do that. Do they do that? Yeah, they oh, always do that. I seen that. People don't do, listen to the answer machine now. Also, Facebook um, and Twitter don't go to the answer machine. That thing about the ugly women in film are always beautiful women with glasses on yeah. and their hair up. Oh, I like that. It's like um, playing Jane on Neighbours. Yeah. But they're never... Playing Jane's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, she was stunning. She, yeah. It was a properly exciting... Brilliant skill in earrings, I think that's... She was amazing. <laughs> that, to me, is like white people blacking up to get parts. What? Putting, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> there's ugly women thinking, oh, that should be my job. <laughs> and, uh, in fact, what they've done is they've got a beautiful woman to basically ugly up. <laughs> yes. That's not fair. By the way, Tony Blair has denied that he had an, <laughs> that, that he had an affair with Wendy. What are you doing this hour? I'm just making it clear that Tony Blair has denied that he had an affair with uh, Wendy Ding. The, um, oh, don't talk about 
delighted. He's denied it. It's not. It's off the agenda. Yeah. It wasn't on the agenda until you mentioned it. it. Can I just deny I think it as well? I, I'd like to deny that I've had an affair with Wendy Deng too. <laughs> Any else while Tony's about it? I'd like to it. deny yeah. that I had an affair with uh, Sir Tony mm. Robinson. Oh, OK. Well, if you'd have to have been quick, he's only happened this morning. <laughs> <laughs> It'd have been Tony Robinson. And no. you've been working. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's a he's a blyer. Do you remember they used to do that? They do, used to, yeah. They used to do that protest where they used to spell his name, blyer. I think they still do on the Daily Mail comments. People are always mentioning blyer. Even oh, now. They? Yeah, they need to get I over didn't think it was that good. That's no, it's terrible. Not, it's not amazing, is it? Yeah. Anyway, I'm just thinking that in the, in the Blair household today, every oh. time the microwave goes off, ding, <laughs> it's a terrible cold atmosphere goes across the whole thing. So... Um, this I saw. Uh, this woman's skirt blew up, and I saw her whole pants. That's oh. another plate that we've got spinning: is yes. uh, pants that Frank has seen through the years. And I don't like her whole pants. I so don't. Seven years old. I won't uh, tolerate sexism in any of its manifestations. But I don't. It, it, you can't help finding that thrilling in some way because it seems like it's an act of God. Mm. On it. That's what that's what I put on the insurance form. <laughs> Did I tell you I had a heart attack when I saw it? I love an AOG. As long and as it wasn't so, AIG. So on that bear form. in mind, this is a week where I've already seen a lot of people go naked. People go past on bikes, and then suddenly I've seen a woman's whole pants. Wow! <laughs> and then, and then the next day, and I'm, I swear to you, this is true in every every and then. How did you do in, anything in every this week? Detail. Well, I'm just on my way places when this wow. happens. I'm walking down Maiden Lane, of all places, in Covent Garden in London. And there's a woman. I see a woman standing in the middle of the street. She must have been six feet tall. She looked unbelievable. I thought, mm. obviously, a model. Yeah. She'd got, like, a vest top. I think it was spaghetti straps. And um, <laughs> and a mini, black miniskirt. But she looked, I mean, she looked like a, a beautiful a model. Mm. Tall, as, as you'd expect it. So I thought, what this? What a week I've had! It, I don't think it can get any more um, exciting than the week I've had. <laughs> At which point she took her skirt off. <gasps> no. Yeah. I was going to say shut the front door, but I'm not now. No. <laughs> and um, oh, I couldn't. <laughs> um, I thought you were about the one on my long johns. Um, <laughs> no, but. She was being photographed, as it turned out. It was like an underwear shoot in the middle of, um, oh my. of the street, right next... To, obviously, I couldn't stop and linger, because <laughs> when you're a celebrity, you can't, you can't. You'll be photographed looking, and no. that's your career ruined. That's why I've kept it to myself. But um, what a week. Some naked bike ride, oh. woman's whole pants, <laughs> and then another woman's whole pants, and no skirt at all. And You know, I don't even remember talking to that genie. <laughs> Frank Frank Skinner On Absolute Radio Absolute Radio What a remarkable week it was yeah. Did I tell you that this woman was outside the Catholic Church in Maiden Lane? That's what worried me Well, the woman with why? her whole pants on yeah. show <laughs> no, the, This is the woman who's, yeah, who took a skirt Oh off. yeah, the skirt I mean, why would she be outside? Was it a photo shoot that was making some sort of you know, was it... A point. A, was it Maybe a, it's just a nice backdrop. Yeah, but I'm, I'm hoping it's not some sort of salacious reference to the... Uh, okay. You don't remember salacious reference. I think it was Jack Black, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that that happened. 
I have to say, this is is a detail. Just after I got past this woman and took her skirt off, I had to rewind my audio book. <laughs> yes. I realised I hadn't been, uh, hadn't been focused. <laughs> yeah. So then I got off the... No. Uh, I got off the tube. I got off embankment tube the next day. I'm not making... I'm, honestly, I'm not making a second. I love second. that you get the tube. I'm not making a word of this. I don't lie on this show. Mm. Um, yeah, we know. Like... <laughs> Skalion, uh, That's it. That's, if I'd been prime minister, that's what they've been. Mm-hmm. The Skalion. What I mean, it just. Okay, hoping. next week more in a series of if I'd been prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's, there's a girl handing out leaflets, quite an attractive woman handing out leaflets, and I noticed that some people she was completely not giving the leaflets to. Oh. I was going to say completely naked. No, she was com- no, that is, it, this is a slightly... This is see a spin- two naked women, This is a spin-off. So, um, so she, I thought, oh, she's, oh she's, different. she's definitely not... She's not giving them a leaflet. She's giving that bloke. I thought that she's a bit selective. I no. wonder if I'll get a leaflet. <laughs> Suddenly getting a leaflet. You know, usually you think, oh, God, give me a leaflet. Yeah. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, no. I wonder if I'll get one. Am I in the leaflet club? Uh-huh. So she gave me a leaflet. I got a leaflet and I thought, oh, yes, lovely. yes, thank you very much. I've got my leaflet. It's, oh, uh, it's an organisation. This is what it, it says on it. Are you tired of being alone oh. without, without a beautiful young woman at your side? <laughs> I mean, I was... I, I was hope, just walking. I hope you stuffed it back in your pocket and turned back and told her what a week you'd had. <laughs> we can provide you with that perfect partner, oh. and it's a very affordable price. What, for the I'm hour? I'm sorry? <laughs> Are they talking about for the hour? And they, I don't know what... They, I mean, honestly, for those of you who cannot travel to Prague... We, what? Hold on! <laughs> Prague can <laughs> come to you. Where did come from? <laughs> we have designed a Why? programme via which you can still meet the lady of your dreams. I yeah. don't like the Sky. sound of the programme. Sky is the programme. Program? What do you mean? I've used What, it. flight? <laughs> flight is the programme. Fairies. It says our programmes are designed for single men looking for a true life partner who is beautiful, 10 to 40 years younger. <laughs> <laughs> Forty years younger, mm. intelligent, <laughs> educated, and whose culture is one of support and respect for their partner. Oh. Now, <laughs> why <laughs> me? Why did I get this? That wasn't a rhetorical <laughs> question. That's that's the texting. No, it isn't. I have to say the switchboard has blown up on that yeah. question. <laughs> it's gone Most crazy. beautiful ladies, this, the, the organisation. So you go called. to Prague, but they're only in Prague. Well, they'll, they'll travel. Oh, will they? Will drive self. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, it, is it most beautiful ladies then with an asterisk just in the top corner? The definitions of I most may I differ. don't know if they've got an asterisk in the top corner. <laughs> A lot of the um, pictures are pixelated. <laughs> but it says at the end, my one get-out clause, P.S., if you're in a successful relationship or married... <laughs> <laughs> successful relationship <laughs> or married, you know. Uh, please pass this leaflet on to a single friend. So um, mm. I'm going to do that. I'm just trying to think... Of, yeah, I know. I know exactly who. <laughs> absolute, absolute, absolute Radio. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. We've just heard from the outside world, Richard Broderick says, Frank, I also received this leaflet. Oh. What annoyed me most was the girl handing it out made a beeline and walked through about six people to get to me. 
Clearly she knew her target audience. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Obviously I took it back to the office to joke about it before carefully folding it up and filing it away in my drawer. Top show, Richard. Well, it sounds like me and Richard have basically done the same thing. We thought we've been insulted, but maybe we can get jokes out of this in front of our <laughs> colleagues. Yeah. Is he not saying he's filing it away into his drawer just in case? Is that not what he's oh, implying? I'm leaving there? it here in the studio because I, there's quite a lot of uh, single men absolutely who I think would be glad of it. Mm. It's like a civil uh, public service that you're offering. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, pass it on. That's what I've always thought. Mm. That's uh, the email corner jingle, <laughs> which means that we have um, we go to emails that you've sent in. Emily's gone. She's properly <laughs> gone. You say she's really. <laughs> I think your uh, your harmonising to the email corner jingle has sent her. Um, it's, do you it's, know diff- why? You know, it's difficult she's... having to come up with a different harmony every week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm reaching. I'll be honest. You might have noticed this. I'm reaching the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I like it because it reminds me of how you probably were in France on your holiday, which we discussed last week. It reminds me of how I was in the 80s all the time. <laughs> and that's why the beautiful woman never sat next to me on the bar stool. Yeah. Could have done with some leaflets there. Oh, beautiful women. <laughs> Who needs so an extraordinary segue? Shut up. <laughs> so, um, I meant to... Um, oh, I'll tell you after. Because I met two beautiful women. I met two beautiful women this week, but they were like exotic cats. Where did they were you meet sitting. them? It was in an exclusive private club. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no, you are disgusting. No, not one of those. It was stag do. You have a child. You have a stag do. This was a work meeting in one of in those... A men, in a men's club? Legend. I never said it was a men's club. But it was. It was not. I'll tell you where it was after, but perhaps I shouldn't name it. But it's one of those... You I know, will. Tre- Sophisticats. It's a trend. <laughs> 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 it was uh, it was uh, a trendy media type club yeah. place. Oh, string fellows! And they, these were women from the plant from the planet, posh. Who, um, anyway? Okay. So posh, and we couldn't really communicate. Oh, yeah. Well, you manage with me. <laughs> no, but you're, you're a different. You're arts and crafts. I am. Never forget darling. that. Yeah. Anyway, we're in email. Okay, corner. email corner. Um, I have a f- uh, an email here regarding your uh, I trip thought you were going to sing. I have a dream. Maybe next time. Okay. Uh, bonjour, Frank, Alan, and Emily. Although I've never been to the town of Castlemoron in the Bergerac region of France, I may have an idea as to why you heard a siren sound whilst you were sitting outside the cafe. I think that sums up. For those of you who don't know this, uh, that's exactly what happened to me. Midday, and this. <laughs> Really off. loud, yeah. really loud. Yeah. It was as loud as it could get last in a, in a, week. In a it? beautiful little French sort of almost yeah. a village. Well, uh, he continues if I remember correctly, any city or town will at midday on the first Wednesday of the month test the siren, brackets located in the town square, close brackets, that would normally be sounded as a warning of an imminent invasion. If we were ever tempted what? to invade it's France 2013. again... If we were ever tempted to invade France again, I'd suggest we could surprise them just before lunchtime on the first Wednesday of the month, from Mark. But, but before we move into this, I just, it's just struck me that describing um, Castle Moron as almost a village... Almost a village could be... You know those outsized men shops? 
That could be like a size. Oh, yeah. Extra large, extra, extra large, extra, extra, extra large, almost a village. <laughs> <laughs> that, could be, that could be on the label. <laughs> Although if they okay. adopted that, the villagers themselves would have to be really enormous gentlemen, wouldn't they? Because you get almost a village and then, like, an actual villager. They'd be huge specimens, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they? Wouldn't they? No, because this would be a man who was as big as a village. The, yeah. the village residents don't need to be big. No, but I mean the villagers, the band, would have to be enormous people. The villagers? You two are having a weird <laughs> conversation. <laughs> what are you about? talking about, you two? This is one of these things where I feel I've turned over two pages in the script. That's I'm just Googling about makeup. <laughs> anyway, the uh, alarm. Hold on. I think that's good. The alarm. They, um, they were, I'm not playing them next. <laughs> oh, they were Welsh. <laughs> so, yes, the work sites, they actually anticipate invasion still in, in the south of France. So it would appear. Bizarre. Oh, can hear scratching. <laughs> Daisy, what are you doing? Um, so, uh, yes, well, I, when I was a, a child... We used, there used to be work sirens that used to go off for, like, lunchtime. Oh, yeah. At, at, and, cl- and finishing time at the local factory. So they punctuated our day. Mm. And that, uh, that doesn't happen anymore. No, so you'd hear, you'd hear the sort of workers, and all that would oh. be lunchtime. Really? Yeah. And then you get into the Anderson shelter. It, well, oh. it's not. We also had a dog. Um, well, actually, this wasn't where I lived. I, I, I went out with a woman and near where she lived, mm. cause sometimes I stayed over. I know. Legend. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there was a dog by her that used to bark the beginning of the American National Anthem. No. What? I used to hear it bark in the night. It used to go, or, 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 or. Oh, no, it didn't do the last note. It used to go, or, 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 or. And then there'd be a, or, 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 or. And I, I had to complete it every time. <laughs> Not the whole. Not the whole. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I'm just talking about things from my youth now. I'll be talking about the pig bag in a minute. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to know about the pig bag. Although it sounds protein-based, which is good, always good in my book. No, the pig bag, I'm going to tell you, used to hang on the school gates by where we lived. And people would put, you know, peelings and bits of old oh, food. Yes, yeah. we had that at my school. Did you? No. Funnily enough, we didn't. <coughs> oh, OK. <laughs> I honestly thought you did. <laughs> yes, and then the man who, I don't know, I never saw it, early in the morning, a man would come and take it to the pigs to eat. Great. Which pigs? I, I don't know, the actually. Pigs. Which pigs? The, pigs. the pigs. Like, everyone has pigs The community attached. pigs. The yeah, no, community pigs. No, there. I don't know where there were pigs in Smethwick. <laughs> Are you sure I they took them to the pigs? Well, maybe they ate them. No, maybe they came and ate Maybe the, it was like a, a room by the just local... Just on apples and onions. Do you think the local homeless were scamming us? <laughs> for giving them free peelings? <laughs> they could, if they'd have just asked, I would have given them peelings. Yeah. Have we oh. got time for email too? Um, I know. You know what? I've got. I've got an important business to do. Okay, but just I'll just trail it to say it starts. Dear Frank, Emily, and Alan. Frank. <laughs> yes. Okay. What do you make of that? Well, I think we'll discuss it. This is what's we'll come. It's the, it. the three R's. They've been neglected at school. <laughs> there's, there's, there's an example of one of them going down the toilet. This is Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. We were just um, in email corner, and we—I think we'd actually 
begun one. We had dear thank Emily and Alan. Um, as an expat, I am sometimes behind on the latest topics. Upon hearing Frank's hatred of waste, cutting up ketchup bottles, for example, I mm. thought he might be interested in an implement that we have here in Holland. As far as I know, no other country makes use of such a thing that is dedicated to eradicate waste. Uh, and he's he's put a link to the Wikipedia bottle scraper. Uh, mm. It's either the desire to avoid unnecessary waste or the extreme frugality, read tightness of the Dutch, that has led to the widespread use of this implement. It is, in my opinion, a little extreme to say the, the least. Its full title is a flesh and liquor. Li- oh, literally translated God. as bottle liquor. I'm in my And uh, <laughs> is widely available here in the Netherlands. Delivery of the item can be arranged if so desired. All the best, Paul, in Amsterdam. Now, I've looked at it and it's like... Hold on, if you think I'm writing to Amsterdam for a flesh and liquor... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not, a set-up, isn't you're it? You're not going to make that mistake again, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I... It, it, so it scrapes, it scrapes the... It's it, like a, a little sort of movable scraper that's on the end of uh, a, a long... A long sort of oh. stick. A bit yeah. like, you know, um, if you were to buy bubbles, you know those bubbles that oh, you would blow? I buy them regularly. Yeah. If you were to replace the end loop with a scraper for tomato sauce or mayonnaise or See, a, I, I whatever See, I think I could condiment. get a lot of use out of that. Yeah. I think we all would, but I'm surprised that it's only the the Dutch that are using it. Well, I've, when I say I buy those bubbles regularly... Uh-huh. Well, don't we all love? I do, because I, I find they don't last. Well, the bubbles? Yeah. Well, no. What are you using them for? I, I blow them to entertain my <laughs> child, mm-hmm. and then they, they're gone in seconds. Yeah. Am yeah. I, what am I doing wrong? It's a brilliant business model, though, isn't it? It is. Built-in obsolescence, that's, yeah, what, exactly. that's what bubbles That's what got. started Apple off, isn't it? <laughs> 565, morning FS and crew, I like FS. Mm. During the war, I remember there were pig bins for waste food. That's Cheryl and Kettering. Good old Cheryl. Was there anyone called Cheryl who was arrived during the war? Mm. Evidently. I, I, she, she must have seen it in a documentary. Pig yeah. bin heaven. <laughs> was, was there a pig, pig bin heaven night on uh, BBC4? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's it. I better, I was obviously uh, that was a. They stayed in uh, in in Smethwick and Aldbury. Yeah, they probably just thought, well, if it's not broken. But now, in the age it. of recycling, yeah, we should have pig bins. Yeah, more for it. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Boys, I need to talk to you about something. I've been on my travels this week. Oh, yeah. we're yeah. here, we're here at last. I popped over to my spiritual home. I went to Beverly Hills. Wow. Oh, I love oh. it, Frank. I didn't really leave Beverly Hills. I didn't go anywhere else. Mm. And I was a guest of Dior, and they treat you well. There's no scrimping on the luxury front. No. There were cars taking me round. I used. To, I kept saying, charge it to the Dior account. Wow. That's what I said. Wow. <laughs> I tried that in Tesco last night. It didn't work very well. No. That's a good sentence to get used to yeah. saying, though. That's great. They had the door. You'd get into a car. I had a Dior car while I was there. A Dior driver. door? Yeah. And I got so spoilt, I just used to leave the door open. It was only when I left that I realised I hadn't closed or opened a car door in five days. <laughs> well, it's like being George Michael. <laughs> <laughs> at least you were stationary. <laughs> I loved There were some lovely waiters. I was at the Beverly Hills Hotel. The waiter said to me the first night, I said, what do you recommend? He said, I would go for the chicken. I think you'll find it very visually stimulating. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Don't you love that? Yes. But 
I'll cut to the chase. There was a reason why I was there. I was a guest of Dior because they were unveiling their new face. And I was there to meet their biggie, Robert Pattinson. <gasps> Bob? You can't call him Bob. No. He's no Bob. He's no Bob. Barpat. Well, I don't, I don't think, nope. he's, I don't think his, he likes that very much. Well, that's isn't that what, you called isn't it that, R-Pat, like cow pats. <laughs> yeah. I think it's R-Pats, isn't it? It is, but I, oh, don't, is I, I don't know whether he it's likes like, that. You know, like Irish people wear on St. Patrick's night. <laughs> Harpats. <laughs> um, I was interviewing him for um, InStyle magazine. So I can't give away too many spoiler alerts. That's but... the sort of thing they would have said when I was a kid. I'm going yeah. down our pats <laughs> on... Uh, I'm going down our pats on Tuesday. And now he's become an inter... So you interviewed him. I interviewed him. I was so, so first nervous. question. Yeah. He, he is one, like, most handsome man. Oh, I know all the magazines. Oh, yeah. How handsome mm. is our pats? Oh, well, I'd say he's, he's beyond an 11. You... Really? Shut up. <laughs> He, had, he looked very young. He was very teenage-like. No how, old, how old is um, Harper? I think you're... I think you... You call him Harper now. <laughs> Harper. Harper. Are we going to guess it, it or is Google it? Is 26, 27 oh, okay. mark? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But he, lo- he was very nice. There were two security men outside. He laughed politely at my jokes. I think he had GSOH, but then he did just laugh at my jokes. I thought that was good. GSOH, remind me. Good sense me. of humour. Oh, okay. You'll need that for that check dating. Oh, yeah. Um... But... I don't know if it's check. I think it might just be a credit card. Okay. <laughs> Frank, guess what? Go on. I asked a question on your behalf. No. I did. Because I thought, I'm over here, and I thought, I bet there's something, Frank. So I, I brought up Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. I suddenly said, oh, I said, are you interested in Doctor Who? What, I being said, the new one? Yes. Do you mean? I said, do you watch it? Good call, huh? I know. I said, do you watch it? He went, no, I don't really watch it. Mm. I said, oh, I said, you know they're looking for a new Doctor, though. Did he you know what? that? I don't know. See, I never know what they know, people know. like yeah, Arpads, yeah. how much they're in the world. I know. Yeah. So I said to him, I said, oh, would you consider it? He said, well, I said, I looked up your odds. He said, oh, did you? What were they? Oh. I said, oh, he likes oh. to gamble. I said, 80 to 1. He looked really disappointed. Well, I was 66 to 1. <laughs> well, no, then I <laughs> told him. him well, no, I told him, I said, Stephen Fry was 66 to 1. He went, oh. <laughs> When well, I told him he was 80 to 1, he said, that's a bit low, isn't it? But that's because they think he'd never do it because he's too big. I think he looked a bit competitive. I think he would do it. I think if our Pat's agent phoned <laughs> up and said, actually, ARP is... Um, ARP? <laughs> ARP's <laughs> in the running. ARP's interested. Um, I think... Uh, I think they'd be... They'd, God, imagine the ratings they'd get yeah. if he was the Doctor Who. Yeah. I mean, he's... Let's face it, beautiful. Absolute... Absolute, Absolute Radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and good old Alan Cochran. <laughs> good um, old Alan Cochran. I like that. Oh, it's funny. He's all sort of the earth man of the people. <laughs> yeah. I get nothing. No, well, you get your normal grandeur. Oh. Uh, you can text us on 81215. And you can follow us on Twitter at Frank on the Radio. And you can email us through the Absolute Radio website. We're a bit excited here in the little studio because we haven't had a guest on the show for about two years. We stopped them because we didn't like them. But um, <laughs> I said it would have to be somebody pretty special for me to break the you guest did. rule. You did. And guess what? Neil Gaiman. So we're all very excited about that. Are you friends uh, he's, all he's, me? I think he's in the building, even. Is he? I can feel the genius coming under the doors 
So we were. We were with... Well, um, I'll tell you exactly where we were. We were in a hotel room in Beverly Hills with me and Robert Pattinson. I know. But well, you don't want to hear about that. Well, I don't think it's up there with my seeing a woman's whole pants anecdote. <laughs> Yeah, haven't you two had quite the week? I've been to Ramsbottom since you asked. You're talking about me and Robert. <laughs> well, true. So it's come to this. Loneliness is a terrible thing. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so there is a place <laughs> called Ramsbottom. I thought it was like made up for... It's like crinkly bottom. No, there is a place called Ramsbottom, but okay. let's, let's... Back in L.A. Oh, no, you don't want to hear about Robert Pattinson. We don't, don't want to go to Greater Manchester when we could be in L.A. In so Beverly I was, Hills I was asking him, oh, Pats, you know, I, he, I don't think he's a fan of our Pats. Um, oh, really? But I was asking him I about... I call him Madge. <laughs> That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What, what did you ask him about? Well, I was asking him about Doctor Who, but I st- sort of put my foot in it. I, I, I've been drinking from your cup, Frank, because that's when I said, when I told him the odds, he looked a bit disappointed. Mm. I shouldn't have said that. But I said, oh, well, you know, he said, oh, who are the people in the frame for it? I thought, oh, he's, oh, he's interested. Yeah. I've got him interested. I said, Russell Tovey? He said, oh, I don't know who that is. Mm. Well, he's been out the country, well, right, exactly. I said, Chiwetel Ejiofor. I just said that because it sounded impressive. Like, I knew how to pronounce the name and everything. And he's I would have just... Because he doesn't know, you could have said, Ken Dodd. <laughs> Ken Dodd's in the, the frame. Cockerel. Yeah, you, you mention the cockerel? You could have no. said anything. No, I didn't. Do you think, can I ask you a question? No, when I asked him that, Robert Patterson said, I thought he was Jason the Asthmatic. Well, good, <laughs> good. If, I'm just aware da- of my work. If David Beckham's people found yeah. the BBC and said, David Beckham wants to be the new Doctor Who... Wouldn't they be slightly tempted? Can you imagine the ratings if David Beckham well, was Doctor you know Who? We need I mean, for the first 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder if, if he's that big, he could get it. You know who we need to ask about this? Neil Gaiman, you yes. think he's got... He won't tell us anything. He's a, I, I, Even if he knew... I don't even he know if the... He will sing be- like a canary, five minutes with me. Well, I look forward to that. I've, <laughs> luck, luckily, I've bought my zither. Oh, good. Um, well... We'll be back with Neil Gaiman. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I need some uh, Neil Gaiman music. <laughs> so Neil Gaiman is actually with us in the studio now. This feels about right for you. What do you think? Can Neil? I, do you know where this is from, Neil? This is. I've absolutely no idea. This where is, is this from? From Day of the Triffids, which I starred in as a child. <laughs> <laughs> so you've stolen my theme tune. Listen, here we go. Yeah, uh, when Emily was a child... Enough. When Emily was a child star, um, she was in Day of the Triffids, the BBC mm. version. As a very small Triffid? Um, yeah. Yeah, as a bod. <laughs> as a green shoot. No, she was the, she was the frightened child. Oh, I was young, sorry. Susan. So, look, Neil, it's great to have you on. Yeah, and, it's um, wonderful to see you again. I, I mean, um, where do we... If you don't know Neil Gaiman, come on! Um, what can I say? Coraline Stardust... Wow, Sandman. Oh, my favourite novel ever, I think, is American Gods. It's not often you meet... You know, that's one of those books, Neil, that I... When I, when I finished it, I, I was really upset that I'd finished it. And I kind of feel that it's a bit mine. Yes, I, th- I, th- I think that's the best thing about the kind of books that you, you, you bond with on a sort of weird personal level, which is, they're your book. You went and lived in that space. So what I want to talk is royalties. <laughs> no, but your Frank, new... I'm so embarrassed of you. No, but your new book, which, uh, The Ocean at the End of the Lane, um, is, I, and I'm not, I, I was so glad when I read it, and I thought, we've got him coming on, thank God I love it, because otherwise I'll have to just <laughs> lie. And I'm not a great liar. But 
that is another book where I thought, I thought, you know what? I don't think anyone else will really get this book like I'm getting it. What I love best about this book is that for me, it was so completely personal. I thought I'm going to write the book that is like looking out of my eyes, age seven, little kid, slightly bookish and just let everything go and see what happens. Um, it, it was like a little love letter to my wife because I missed her and she was off making an album in um, Australia for four months. So I started writing her a short story. I should say, Neil's, Neil's married to Barbara Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> you realise there are people listening to that who will simply remember that as a little item of trivia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard okay. Barbara Streisand's husband on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's married to Amanda Palmer, who yeah. uh, some of you who uh, are... Uh, well, I could have put the sort of alternatives amongst you will be very familiar with. Mm. And if you don't know it, I suggest you... What's the thing? Escocia, is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, that's the new Google, Neil. Everyone, we're we're pushing a new it. search engine because they give money to the rainforest rather than not pay tax. Well, they we, say we that. like that. Yeah, we like that a lot. Yeah, so oh, I, when I first started reading it, I thought it was a kid's book, and then I realised it was a book with kids in it. But it's actually quite scary in parts. It's very scary. And I've never known canvas to be quite so frightening. And I don't want this not a spoiler thing mm. here, but there's a lot of flapping canvas that really freaks me out in it. Good. Um, <laughs> good. That's then, great. Then you I, have achieved that end. I did my job. I did it properly. And I'll tell you, sorry, but there's something else in it which really reminded me of my childhood. And there's a wardrobe... And you say on the door of the wardrobe, it looks like there's monsters on the door. And there was exactly that in my parents' bedroom. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder, one of the things I really tried to do was just, while I was writing it, was go back in my head to being about that age and describe the world that I saw, which is not the world that you see now. And I wound up remembering stuff I'd forgotten for 30, 40 years. Things like, um, things like the way that patterns in wood could become screaming faces or monsters. Things like the way that kids don't use paths. They make their own paths. You sort of, you know, you never see an adult down on his hands and knees crawling through the rhododendrons trying to figure out where you're going. Should have seen Frank in Birmingham in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. And I did. Yes. Well, yeah, but it, 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 it reminded me of my childhood, but it reminded me that childhood is actually quite scary, which mm. I'd sort of forgotten. Yeah, I'd started the book with a quote from Maurice Sendak, where he says that when he was a child, uh, he knew all these terrible things, but he couldn't tell adults because it would scare them. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I just thought, yes, this is the, that's the book I want to write. Well, this is a book where... I will come back to this, because we, we're a commercial radio station. We have to play adverts and stuff like that. You know, we have to, we're, we're working for the man. I hope I'm not getting too far from the mountain. Never up. If you get that, you really know Neil Gaiman stuff. Frank. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. We have Neil Gaiman in the studio. Um, we haven't touched his hair yet, but we're talking about it. People do, apparently. Mm. So, Neil, let's, cu let's cut to the chase now. Can you get me a part in Doctor Who? <laughs> Can I say Mooncat has tweeted in? Yeah, if Neil Gaiman is in, get him to write you into a Doctor Who episode. Yeah, it's, You've got it's, support. it's all there. I, Come on, well, If I write another Doctor Who, which right now, on the one hand, I really want to, and on the other hand, I can only do if Stephen Moffat can send me an envelope containing three extra months that, you know, nobody's oh. ever heard of oh, before. Well, not one, three extra months pay. No, no, just <laughs> the months. I need the time. The money's 
fine for money. I just need time. <laughs> um, People so rarely own up to that. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, I, but I, I obviously I will I will try and stick Frank Skinner in as Frank Skinner. Really? And you'll be you will be fine until they cast Robert Patterson as. Frank no, but he'll be Doctor Who. We've already worked that out. Yeah. Also, you said, I know, I, I read that you said you'd like to write an adventure that was set on Earth. I want to do an... I, I and that's to... where I operate, generally. I know. You are quite earthy. That mm. is a fact. You are, and uh, mostly, obviously, on Earth, Frank. Mm. But we, we probably won't tell them about your... No. ...intergalactic wanderings. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> oh. Whoa! If we're going to do secrets, Neil once showed me his secret pocket... Can I oh, say that? God. He's not a marsupial. I'm not suggesting that. But go on, tell us about your secret pocket. Now, I was really impressed and excited. I was disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were there? Yes. Um, the, the, uh, the, the, all of the, uh, the jackets that I wear um, have uh, pockets inside, including ones that are practically shoplifter pockets that are intended to hold huge notebooks so I can pull them out and start scribbling and even this one has I, I, I counted the other day and found that there are actually 11 pockets in this chair. wow so, are they customised then yeah it's a lovely <gasps> lady named Cambrio who makes them for me you see I love that because I, I most people know they make a note on their iPhone or something you're still operating with a I'm still on paper do you use a quill um, I use uh, things that look like this Frank not a fountain pen. Yeah. Oh. It's a fountain arm. Oh. See, that's what I like about you, Neil. You're a man. It's like Jack Kerouac. Not only are you a writer, but you seem to respect writing and see it as a as a magical supernatural art. Well, it is. I mean, it, it, it's it's the process of getting ideas and pictures and worlds out of your head and into somebody else's. Um, it, it's you know the, the sort of the ultimate collaboration. It's between me as a writer and you as a reader you'll take these 26 letters and a bunch of punctuation marks and you'll build a world with them and that's absolute magic wow that's that's the trailer worked out for next week that's great <laughs> marvelous so you might write another doctor who because i i read a thing where you said that you, you didn't get paid for rewrites <laughs> well, and i thought this doesn't sound like neil gaiman who said that when he does something for money he doesn't enjoy it no, I'm, what I was saying was, it, I, I love doing Doctor Who, um, but you can't do Doctor Who for the money. You have to do Doctor Who. You you know, if you're writing Doctor Who, you're writing it for the love. And, if you do, and but, I love it. And, and you, there, are, there are lots of limitations on Doctor Who, because you, you, you have to keep in with the canon, obviously. You can't change Doctor Who, really. Oh, I don't know. I slipped one line into the Doctor's Wife, which indicated that Time Lords can regenerate into different uh, genders which, with any oh. luck, may wind up eventually doubling the possible casting opportunities for the Doctor somewhere well, down the line. I have to say, I'm quite warm into the idea of the, uh, the female Doctor Who. Are you? Mm. As long as it's someone who's suitably quirky. Mm-hmm. I don't mean Sue Pollard. I mean, you know, just an edge. Of... <laughs> <laughs> if you could pick a lady Doctor Who, Neil, who would you go for? So put you on the spot. I'll give you, I'll give you a song to think about it, if you like. Or do you just want to go random? Well, the, the, trouble with, the trouble with casting any Doctors is really the way you should cast a Doctor is when the doctor, new Doctor gets announced, you should go, oh, I've heard of them. Really? And then you should look at a picture in the papers and go, that doesn't really look like the Doctor. How can that be the Doctor? And then you see them in costume a couple of months down the line. You go, well, well maybe. And then six months into the new Doctor Who, 
you go, how could I have ever thought that anybody else could be the doctor but this person? And that's how it ought to work. Well, Matt Smith, I would say, is the classic example, because mm. I hadn't heard of Matt Smith, and, um, boy, God, he was glorious. Absolute, absolute, absolute radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Neil, you once invited me to a party, and I want to apologise now, because I was an hour early. That's how excited I was. Wow. <laughs> we ended up... I, we went up shopping together. It was great. <laughs> I loved it. That's beyond Lombardi time. Um, it, was, it was actually a party that I... I over the last week, I've been thinking about a lot, um, because it, we were at the Edinburgh Festival, and I know a lot of writers, mm. being a writer, and I also know just because... You can't knock around the world without running into you lot. Um, a lot of comedians and talky people who really like writers. And wound up putting together... A, it wasn't really a party. It was just a, a bunch of writers like, like Ian Rankin and, of course, Ian Banks. Mm. Um, and a bunch of people like you and Phil Jupitus. <laughs> um, and when Ian... Uh, when, I, when I heard that... Ian Banks was, as he put it, very poorly. I, I wrote him a letter just saying, I'm, I'm really sorry, and you're such a great bloke. And one of the things he wrote back and talked about was how much that evening had meant to him, um, just how great it was. Well, I'm, gl- I was, I'm very grateful to you because, obviously, when I heard that Ian Banks was going to die, I thought, oh, my God, I'm so glad I met Ian Banks. And he was... And he was so lovely which you want people to be when you meet them like that so i'm very grateful but yeah it was um it was also very sad i feel quite sad thinking about it now but um how brilliant that that happened i'm glad i was an hour early yeah i'm I'm glad you were an hour early too we got to hang out longer and you got to have more of ian banks of course i remember the thing about that night was because ian had done that raw spirit book where he'd he'd gone out and drunk whiskey in every single distillery in scotland I'd gone out and I bought the fanciest bottle of whiskey I could at the fanciest Edinburgh whiskey shop. And I said, look, I've got Ian Banks. And I said, oh, well, what you want, sir? It's this, this bottle here. <laughs> and I got it for him. And Ian arrives. And I'm like, okay. And I've, I've got the whiskey here, Ian. And he says, oh, since I did that book, he said, I've gone off whiskey. <laughs> and spent the evening drinking red wine and the rest of us all tried the whiskey. <laughs> I didn't. But you didn't, of course. <laughs> if my analyst is listening. So American Gods, which I still think is, please, if you haven't read that novel, read that as well as The Ocean at the End of the Line. The Ocean at the End of the Line, I should say, actually, just for administrative purposes, comes out on the 18th of June. It is. It's out on Tuesday. I loved it. Emily I, loved it. I didn't it. like it. I loved it. I did a Simon Cowell. Wow. I felt slightly scared on your behalf then when that happened. (laughs) That was. And who knows what else is is lurking in your notebook pocket? Um, Actually, the the next thing that's going to come out in September is absolutely the opposite of um, Ocean at the End of the Lane because it's a ridiculously funny, silly book uh, called Fortunately the Milk for Kids um, about a dad who goes out to get milk for his kid's cereal and gets kidnapped by aliens and escapes from the aliens and is kidnapped by pirates and then rescued by a time-travelling stegosaurus in a hot air balloon and then things get weird. Can I ask, has a publisher ever read your manuscript and said, the thing is, Neil, it's a bit far-fetched. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I spoke to my manager last night and he was telling me that his son, he's ten, they had, they had a People I Admire day at their school and they had to go dressed as someone they admired. He wanted to go as his dad but they put a ban on dads. 
and he went as Neil Game. This is a oh, ten-year-old. I bet he didn't know about the secret pocket. But that's absolutely true. He went as Neil Game, and obviously it, it wasn't a state school. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been um, Wayne Rooney. But nevertheless, what a, what a wonderful thing! I wonder if. So, can I just before we we'll go in now? But can I have an absolute guarantee that I will be in the next Doctor Who episode? You're right. Absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> because obviously I could write you in and they could shoot it and then they just cut it out for reasons of time and you're this, this could be our... is Neil it's already on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> I've just checked no but this could be our Pat of you sort of inside that Dalek people would never know and then we no. reveal afterwards I'm happy to hide away or I'm happy for me to be in it as myself but I could be played by our Pats there you go no yeah. one would even notice they wouldn't Neil, it's been great having you on, and please go and buy The Ocean at the End of the Lane. I'm not kidding. I'm not saying it because he's here. It's a, it's a brilliant book. It'll make your hair stand on end, and it'll make you cry a bit, and you'll get angry with the dad. So thank you, Neil Gaiman. This is Frank Skinner. Neil's gone. Neil's gone. We can relax. I still find it quite stressful having a guest. I I, I find it stressful having a guest. I was very excited it was Neil Gaiman. Um, But but, uh, it's going to have to be another big person for me to go it again. Arpats, maybe. I forgot to tell you another thing he said about Doctor Who. He said, uh, Robert said to me, I'll tell you who I met once. Robert said to me. Oh, he did. He said, we were talking about Doctor Who. He said, I'll tell you who I met once. I said to him, he said, Sylvester McCoy. I well, thought that he was quite. Imp- no, but he was seeming quite impressed, and I was surprised well, that he good. would be impressed by Sylvester McCoy. Oh, yeah. I had a big dinner with McCoy. Sylvester McCoy. What about that? Oh, Did you? you? I've topped our pats at last. <laughs> <laughs> You've topped our pats. Yeah. You're right with that, Frank. There's a story we haven't touched on. It's about ladies of the night. Oh, that's why we haven't touched on it. Well, we don't like to encourage this this kind of behaviour. No. Any criminal activity we'll on this show? Our, pick our words carefully. Here. Should what, we call her an adult <laughs> industry worker? Yes, I don't like um, the, what, the way that... I mean, I, I'm not going to use the, the P word, but this no. is a, a woman who... Uh, a lady for hire. Mm. Um, but I don't like that they, they call themselves the sexuals workers and stuff like that. I don't like the... I don't like the con- <laughs> Today? Yeah. <laughs> you call themselves the sexuals wanna... workers. Well, they call themselves sex workers, don't they? I've said sex. <laughs> You've made me say do. sex. Now I hope you're happy. Um, we've had to leave it till 10 to 11. Well... Um, but I don't want the idea of the concept of work introduced to that, you know, area of... It should be a well, shit. Where's the love in it? That's what I'm asking. Trust me. Well, yeah, in all plain sailing. So that's anyway, what many people a, are asking, where's the love in it? Yeah, so there's a man in Birmingham. It's, it's, um, you must have seen it the story this week. And one of these... He, he ordered one of these ladies over the phone, and she turned up... Uh, when he, first of all, he said, what, what do you look like? So she described herself. I would love to have heard that description. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Just the, the pen picture, as, as they used to call them. In which she, and then when she turned up, he, he felt that basically she talked herself up a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And said, oh, no, no, forget about it. And um, I believe what he said was, she's misdescribed and misrepresented herself totally. Well, hold on, it was in Solihull. Now, Solihull oh. is the posh part. Go on, then. How did right. they talk there? Exactly. It's misrepresented. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds exactly the same. Does it? No, if, that, if, that you, if well you're from posh, the area, right? you'd recognise the slightly posher. Well posh, yeah. The posher thing. Can well, the little fingers sticking out? To the four people that's relevant to. I imagine this happens to these women quite a lot during the light nights. <laughs> 
I think this is they should do winter work or or, or have later hours in the summer. Yeah. yeah. Because forgiven, is it? It's I mean it's ew. and you know, it's I imagine it's stressful and exhausting um work and often <laughs> accompanied with all sorts stressful. of uh, all Can sorts I just of say, habits. I, you boys are gonna have to help me out. I'm a bit Confucius here. Because as I understood it, if mm. you call someone in the adult industry mm. We've had a text in saying that uh, love for sale is how his dad refers to... Oh, I like that. So that's an easy way of um, tidying this up, isn't it? Yes, she was a love for sales person. (laughs) I was given to understand, if you called love for sale... Yeah. You weren't that interested in in the facial structure, let's say, of the person. Yeah. It was more... You could look like a Doberman Pinscher. Well, then why lie? Why not say, well, you know... I've got a head like a bag of spanners. I'll be honest with you, I'm not the prettiest... I mean, I was in I was in a hotel in Germany. Oh my God, I hate this anecdote. It I'm hasn't already even enjoying this anecdote. I'm leaving. I'm actually I was, leaving. I was there. For, I was there for the World Cup. It's a, not. A that doesn't make it better. And um, I was walking, and it was one of these places where these ladies sit in the windows, and they had they had international uh, they had their national flag stuck on the window, so oh, that oh, visitors yeah. could choose ones of their. It was like a World Cup wall chart, but with ladies. Right. Oh, I quite like that. So I'm in the hotel. This is, woman stops me in the corridor of the hotel and said, I'm, I'm, a man um, said well, for me to come here, and then I can't find him. Um, she said, would you like a bit of fun? <laughs> and I assumed she'd got an Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs> um, but it turned out she was um, one, and I said, and I said, it's an odd thing to say. But she said, would you like a bit of fun? And I said, no. <laughs> Did you say, I didn't come to Germany for a bit of fun? <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. And she went, oh. And, uh... Did she? Yeah. She went, oh, like gutted. <laughs> and, you know, I spent the rest of my life thinking, maybe that was, maybe it was just free sample. Yeah. And I said... <laughs> oh. You know when you walk past one, you know that, sample. You know you walk past one of those places when they're doing drinking yogurt on a train yes. street, and you go past and you think, "Oh, we should have had one of those." Now yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that. Anyway, this man um, phoned the police. He yeah. phoned the police, and, yeah. the, and, yeah, and what, what's the act nice. he tried to? Um, uh, the, um, the the sale of goods act. He said she he wished to report her for breaching yeah. the sale of goods act. <laughs> <laughs> Which we all do, don't we? To we buy fair, something that we're not satisfied with. My grandmother, when she was married oh. to the Nigerian chieftain... Oh, yeah. ...he took her to the police station and said, I wish to report my <coughs> wife for disobedience. <coughs> disobedience? Yeah, that's what he did. Honestly. Frank can't believe it. I'm telling you. OK? He, <coughs> he, Keep talking about okay. yourself. It's about the Sale of Goods Act. Frank can't believe that he's not allowed to report her I didn't realise that the bag was still in this tea. I've inhaled it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think Bob's a poisoner? I've got a tea bag in my lungs. Is that dangerous? Frank, Bob's a a straightforward murderer. He's not a poisoner. (laughs) No. Look, if this man's listening, I'd recommend Most Beautiful Ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Where um, they guarantee we have over 5,000 beautiful women aged 18 to 60. And also, like, <coughs> rather than wasting police time phoning nine 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 about it, just mm. take her back, take her back to the to the shop, the, not the shop, <laughs> the, you know, the shop, the, the place. You know what I mean? I I wonder. I would like to see. I bet she was all right. This is a bloke. Right. Who, this is one of these bloke who's never happy. I bet he's one of them. <laughs> I went out with a. Uh, you know, they say Americans are good at complaining. I went out with an American woman who was very very nice, but mm. my God. She was good at complaining. 
We were in, I must have told you this, we were in a restaurant once and she complained about the meal of the woman on the adjoining table. No. Because <laughs> she'd heard this woman say that there was something wrong with the meal but she didn't want to cause a fuss. So she complained on her behalf. Wow. So that is... Um, related. OK, so... Um, thank you so much for listening this morning. I'm... Uh, if you're in London, by the way, I'll be in, uh, Lest- I'll be in Trafalgar Square tomorrow at the big art show the first um, portrait show it, loads it, of different art stuff on the plinth. no it's really interesting come along there's um Actually, i'm on the plinth there's a cockerel on there um i haven't been on the plinth since i went to that royal party at chris eubank's house <laughs> <laughs> so if the good lord spares us and the creeks don't rise we'll be back again this time next week now get out this is frank skinner 